0: An Earl Grey for Jeremy.
1: Yeah, right here. Thank you so much. This is really good Earl Grey, buddy. Um, So today I am uh, joined by my friend Kat. Kat is the director of the creative agency that I'm the faculty advisor for. Uh, But she's written a paper. I believe she wrote it for Media... Uh, theology, wait, no, Com theory theory. and culture. There you go. Com theory, theology, and culture. I knew it had something uh, more complicated. It's a cameras out class. So, uh, but she wrote an interesting paper that I thought would be really helpful for all of us to think and talk about in terms of community for online, uh, spaces for emerging adults and people in college. Uh, so if, uh, I am super excited you're here to talk about this. Uh, I think we we actually tried to record this once before. It didn't quite work, so I'm glad we're getting a second take at this, but also that you've had some time to process it. So can you talk a little bit about the main thesis of what you learned as you were researching this concept of online community for emerging adults and how it's helpful and not helpful?
2: Yeah, thank you for having me back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so uh, my media focus was digital community spaces, Mm -hmm. um, specific platforms that allow for that dialogue community. Um, and then the the culture that I was honing in on was emerging adults, Mm -hmm. specifically that 18 to 25 year old period of not really children anymore at all, but not fully adults Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not, uh, trying on the adult things for Mm -hmm. the first time Mm -hmm. and lots of transitions. Um, yeah, I think there's issues or challenges that are always present in community, mm-hmm. but after doing this research, it's clear that those issues and struggles are inescapable online with mm-hmm. digital community. And so, not not just seeing like, we shouldn't be using Facebook pages for our community groups, that's, <laughs> not, that's not what I'm trying to say, but being wary of building and seeking community through these platforms, without the in-person, local connections and Mm -hmm. fellowship because of a myriad of reasons um, that I looked into and have just scratched the surface of.
1: Absolutely. So talk about some of those reasons why you think that's, hey, listen, you know, this is... Because, I I mean, I can give other reasons that I... But I think you and I have a bunch of things that are probably in agreement. So love to hear your reasons for that.
2: Yeah, yeah. There came to a point with... (laughs) A thesis where it's like, just got to limit, got to choose some of the things. <laughs> so I chose the things that I think um, were most pertinent to, um, especially just the emerging adulthood mm. um, phase of figuring out identity and who you are, mm-hmm. and then also um, having community next to you that will stand by you, um, or be there in the present moment. So some of those challenges of um, digital community specifically mm-hmm. um, looked into... Performance-based um, reality mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. in community that you can't um, you can't just be and be a part. Like on your worst days, you can't just show up um, to be a part of an online community. You have to be engage. You have to be engaging, and um, the more you're performing, the more that you're presenting yourself, mm-hmm. the more that you're received as like welcome and a part of of that or like a known presence in Mm -hmm. that community. Um, Which isn't, like I said, it's not that that's not present in in in-person communities. But it is um, in a way on the the screen, um, just not healthy, not helpful for um, emerging adults who are working on character building. Mm -hmm. uh, Things that that aren't putting the perception of yourself like Mm -hmm. first and foremost, which should be concerned about how others perceive you but um, online that is the first and oftentimes only thing
1: yeah and it's I mean what you're talking about is it's a performance of yourself Mm -hmm. so it's it's not the let me just be who I am and then people can see me um, and and engage with me and say hey this is who you are this is what you do but it's the performance of that self and and ultimately the, the scarier part for me often especially when I'm talking to both emerging adults and even people younger than that is the notion that that performance is an idealized self it's Mm -hmm. the self that I want everybody to see so what I see and show to other people is my best parts Mm -hmm. um, which means that most of the time what they're getting is my highlight reel Mm -hmm. and if all of my relationships are built on my highlight reel when I'm at my best moments are they really authentic relationships
2: Yeah, just someone today um, was telling me about a devotion that he wrote about the stories in the Bible, and he went through the highlights of some of these major characters. And then he went through the lowlights and the real stuff, and both of those are in the Bible, the the good parts and the bad parts of these people's lives, Um, and it's it's far too easy not to—I mean, you don't see that stuff Mm -hmm. online unless you're intentionally— trying to share that aspect of your life with someone yeah and then oftentimes if you do it's not within a relationship it's just with everyone it's public Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it's not even a secure way to share well and but
1: even going another layer deeper the thing that the thing that concerns me fundamentally now now again you're, you're not arguing so let's be clear anybody saying hey are you two talking about like just being online in community period i'm not talking about that I'm talking about trying to sustain community yeah. online almost exclusively. Right. Um, and there is this part of that we don't think about that we don't address, which is that fundamentally to engage in an online community. I would naturally if I were say, let's go say I was going to a Bible study or I was going to, uh, I don't know, a picnic. Mm-hmm. I would naturally walk in and my first, hey, how are you? Yeah. My natural inclination in face-to-face engagement is to think about the other person. The problem in the performance of online identity in communal spaces that are exclusively digital is that the first thing I have to think to be in those spaces is now let me think about me. I have to think about me. I have to say something interesting about me. I have to show something that's worth seeing about me. So all the thoughts at the beginning of an online engagement, if it's exclusive, and this is true all the time, whether it's exclusive or not, are about me. Yeah. I thought about me first in an online community, but I think about you mm-hmm. when I'm with you face to face. Because I don't walk in and go, hey, everybody, I'm here, and here's how I'm feeling. You'd be like, that guy's weird. Yep. That you'd be like, there's something... Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe we all need to go talk to him. Oh, yeah. That'd be strange. (laughs) But that's how we engage when we get online. And and all of us... And the strange part is all of us think that's normal. Right. Wait. So we all should enter talking about ourselves? Mm. That would be the most bizarre community to step into. But that's how we're learning right now or have been taught by these spaces to engage.
2: Right. Yeah. I think why... It's one of the topics that I picked for this specific community to, or culture of emerging adults, is because we are also just we are figuring out who we are and how to present ourselves and um, Mm -hmm. who we are in light of our relationships with others. Uh, Those are all like they're all tied together. Um,
1: Well, and it's a game. Let's be clear: online community is a game. And to some degree, you could say, you know, hey, Pettit, you went to youth group, you met a bunch of people, you, you know, had girlfriends and and guy friends there and you were, and that was a game too. I'm not disagreeing. Sure. But it's a different kind of game with a different set of rules Mm -hmm. and a different set of expectations that are, and this is the key, limited by the mediums that we choose to engage in it on. Those things dictate to us what we can and can't do. In essence... And stepping into an online space, for me, it's essentially like saying I stepped onto a baseball field. Now, I could, in a baseball field, play football or soccer or do something else. But if you take me to Wrigley Field and there's balls and bats and gloves on the field, I'm probably going to play baseball. Like, the natural inclination, the easiest slide down the hill thing is just to do what it was made for. Yeah. And... That ultimately is also a component of thinking through that online community is, am I just doing what this thing told me to do yeah. in this space with these people? Right. Or am I actually interested in the people that are in the space?
2: Right, right. We need people. Well, and you could go to the baseball field and play with people, play baseball, but then also leave the baseball field and still hang out with those you people. You could, absolutely. <laughs> Whereas if all of your if your community is just limited to the game online, um, that's just a, a one dynamic um, to your relationship and to your communities.
1: And really truthfully, to be honest, will never really get you to the depth of what real relationships should look like. So what other reasons did you come up with?
2: Um, Yeah, I was also dove into the individualization uh, that is online. Mm -hmm. Just having so many options, Mm -hmm. so many controllable features. Even if you're, you are engaging with a Facebook group that, you know, you can block users, you can mute users, Mm -hmm. you have so much control, and, um, it's encouraging this, um, engagement that you, that you have control, that you could play God, that you could decide what you want or don't Mm -hmm. want at a time when I think we, I mean, we all need to be careful, but I, especially as emerging adults at a time that we really need to be reminded of the truth perspective outside of our own mm-hmm. and the fact that I could mute someone who I don't agree with or mm-hmm. mute someone that I, is hard to love and just completely ignore them um, when in reality God's calling me to um, put them first mm-hmm. and love them well, mm-hmm. um, that's that is scary because that's a feature that I will take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, my own gain and, and not just like those experiences and those relationships right now, but even setting up this unrealistic expectation that that's how I can live my life going forward is by choosing like what I want out of something mm-hmm. or someone or someone. Yeah. That's, um, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and, and it's also uh, what, you know, media and communications people like me are concerned about is that you're you're creating feedback loops and we all have feedback loops we have them we have people who say this is good or this is bad or this is not we're in relationship with them but if I can set up the feedback loops to only and that's where we get the concept of the echo chamber like only give back to me the things that I agree with and want to hear to be affirmative to never challenge never force me to look at things from a different perspective never have a different angle Ultimately, we are getting to the point of playing God, but what we actually have done is create our own trap. Because now our growth will be stunted because literally all we will hear is what we want to hear. And all we will see and talk to is what we agree with and have already marked off and said, yes, we're good with. So my capacity to engage with diversity, to engage with beauty, to engage with even the hard things in the world is shot. If I've already created this echo chamber that just keeps telling me and feeding me what I want to see and feel and
2: hear. Yeah. yeah. In terms of like trying to actually build a community, not just like a personal community experience, yeah. but an actual unit, a, a unit unified community. If everyone has taken the shared meaning and personalized it to their own self mm-hmm. in this way that's really not organic, um, what does that mean about? the common identity that you share if everyone's taken that and made it their own in ways um, trying to like change that meaning inherently um, it's just like this convoluted different met like fragmented um, identity that we're trying to come around that we're trying I mean especially for like like in a Christian community with the core center of Mm -hmm. Christ like there are truths about Jesus that you don't feel or you don't want to or you struggle with or whatever the case may be, but yeah. that is still truth. Um, and
1: so how do you, how do you wrestle with that yeah. in community with a group of people for sure? All right. Other ration, other reasons that you found in your paper that this is cause for concern or suggestion.
2: Yeah. Constant distractedness <laughs> and struggles <laughs> of actual presence. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. these are, yeah, th- there's, there's shallow experiences, shallow relationships. uh um, that are just being like um, fostered with with constant distractness mm-hmm. online and not going deeper. It comes back to this idea of depth, and I think that's what our souls long for is the deepest, like most meaningful relationships and fellowship. And this this system and this technology is keeping us on the surface. Uh, and our relationships deserve more. Mm. Deserve more effort. And
1: um, yeah, and. and the, the, the other concern I have often, because most of this stuff is mitigated through mobile technology, it means that uh, often people aren't present in the space that they're in. Uh, we, we don't actually say, oh, no, I'm here. But because of a concept, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode, pervasive presence, just the idea that everybody that you know or care about is actually present to you all the time. Like if right now, and I make students do this, I ask, just text your mom or your dad. Mm. And I said, see how quickly and usually within the span of about 10 minutes, they get a text back like those people are present to you all the time Mm -hmm. in your brain. You think if I need them, I can just get a hold of them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I got on a bike. I was 40 minutes away. My parents probably didn't know. And if I had something go wrong, I couldn't just be like, oh, no, they'll be here in a little bit. Like they're nowhere to be found. If I'm I'm alone, I, I mean, so I better be with other people. And all of a sudden that I'm present with the people that I'm with, because I know that, hey, you know what? We're together. We need each other in a way that I wouldn't have been present if I could just be like, yeah, my parents will come pick me up, throw them the bike in the back of the car and see you guys got to go Bye. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on. There's a difference here. And if I keep thinking that now, some people have asked me like, so you're saying that's bad. And I'm saying, oh, I don't know if it's bad necessarily. Uh, it's only bad. It's only bad because what it's teaching us to do is not necessarily to give priority to the people in front of us. Right. How, how do we give priority to the people that we're with, not just the people that are on our phones?
3: Right.
1: Now, let me be clear. So some of you are like, well, wait a second. Are you saying we shouldn't? No. Listen, I drive home from uh, school every day and I talk to my wife on the phone. I'm really glad I get to talk to my wife because there's no one else in the car with me, so I'm not critiquing the technology. But usually, and if you ask my wife this, she confirmed, um, I get home, I hang up the phone. We just keep the conversation going. Like, it was like she was sitting in the car with me the whole time. Now She's not. I get that. Uh, and I'm not texting, so please just don't do that. It just drives me crazy how many times, not, not even dangerous, just how many times people are driving distracted. Like can you just pay attention? Cause we're all on the road together and I kind of need to get where I'm going and you driving like 20 miles under the speed limit. So you can watch that YouTube video is not helping. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I bet it's on a rant. Too. But, but it does allow me to connect, but it only allows me to connect in ways that support those actual things. Fi- cause, yes. cause I'd much rather yes. that, that I actually take the time and be present with her. And if I keep thinking, well, I'd rather be with my wife than talk to the people in front of me. Like our friend Eric is sitting here with us, and he's actually got a mic today, and I kind of want him to talk because I feel like he's got things to say. But he's not talking because we didn't introduce him. So Eric is joining <laughs> us. He he um, He's our recording engineer, and he, he's been helping me with the Los Cafe for a little while now. But he's been shaking his head over here like, yes, I agree with you. Being present <laughs> is important. So, and And so you have thoughts about this. I just want to hear what you were going to say.
0: Yeah, so we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording and my five best friends all graduated last year Yeah. and so I've been having this year I had a hard time being present with people here yeah. at school because I longed for those friendships that mm-hmm. aren't over but they're different Yep. and I'm having, still having to figure out how to how What's different about them, and how to cultivate new relationships mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time? Because yeah. in less than a month, I'm moving back to Birmingham. Yeah,
1: and cat's cat's moving somewhere else too. Cat's graduating as well, so I can't
2: stay on campus forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, not that you would want to. Let's be clear. No. Like, why is the 35-year-old still living in a dorm? What's going on? And I'm,
0: there's nothing that has been revealed to me. Yeah, about what I've missed mm-hmm. by not being completely present but yeah. I know I've missed things. Mm-hmm. Maybe new relationships, new friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, just not out of, I guess, fear. Yeah. And fear and sadness. Sadness from the changing of relationships. Fear of meeting new people.
1: And then having to leave them.
0: And then having to leave them. And then just
1: fear and sadness that that's powerful. So let me just thank you for saying that. That's like really a, a powerful thing to acknowledge. Like I'm in a transition. I got a lot going on. Um, and and so for some of the people listening today, you're getting ready to leave. And for others, you just got here. And this is like your first year. And you're like, okay, but you know I'm not going to be here forever. And some of you are uh, longing for, like Eric was just talking about, you're longing for the relationship from home. That you just left behind. And some of you now getting ready to leave are longing for people that left already. People that you might not get to move near. And I don't know the answer to that. If you're going to get to move near your five friends. Um, And this is a space to navigate. So what were you going to say? One lives in California. One lives in the Philippines. Wow. One
0: lives in Texas. And the other is here in Illinois. So... California, bit, the yeah, Philippines,
1: no. Texas, so all other countries. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Texas is another country. If, you have, if you're from Texas, you're like, yep, it's another—it's a different place altogether. California is, too. Yeah, exactly. So the California and Texas, Philippines, yeah, it's just different countries. Yep.
0: But one of them's getting married in June. Cool. In San Diego. so. Okay. Hold you on. should go to that. Oh, I'm, I'm in the oh, wedding.
1: Th- and, and okay, so when you go to San Diego, down by the pier, there's a fish taco place that's right near the ballpark. Have to go have. They had like sixteen different kinds of fish tacos. So good. So you got to go. I will. I, I, I'm never going to remember the name of the place. But if I see it, but I it's tell by me. the Padres. Yes, stadium? by the Padres Stadium. Like between the Padres Stadium and the pier. Well, i check out a game too. Yeah, no, it's not a bad idea. So, um, so how are we? And this is a space to be navigated. And I think the the the, the first thing I would tell both of you, anybody else listening, is. um Kat's trying to wrestle with what it looks like in terms of online community yeah. and, and online community as a sustaining space, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily as a supporting space. Right. Is that, is that a fair... Yeah. And is that what kind of what you came to in conclusion with your paper?
2: Yeah. And, like, I mean, if anything, I have more empathy for why it's so appealing to go to the online spaces because you can just – you can always have those people near. Um, but – that's what I'm wrestling with is the art of, of saying goodbye yeah. and having those really strong connections with girls in my room laughing and talking to late hours and so many meals shared with mm-hmm. people in my brosis community and all these moments and like real relationships and now letting go of those mm-hmm. um, I and in some ways, and I, I will keep in contact, and like Eric said, it's going to look different. We've got to figure that out. Um, and in some ways, it would just be unnatural to, like, keep mm-hmm. trying to hold on to those. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in the same way. That would be natural if I'm not living here anymore, and I'm <laughs> not meant to. Yeah. Um, but how, yeah, the, I'm, just, I'm feeling the tension of it hurts to let go, but it was so, like, worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And they're still a part of my
1: story in yeah. my life, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and wrestling through this, so um, I did this a long time ago, like I, I, I've been joking lately that I tell students like I, yeah, I'm an old guy, and it used to be everybody was like, no! Now they're like, yep, yep, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, you're an old guy. Uh, I, I, I realized that I pretty much would have graduated from college twice now, I'm old enough to double that, so I have a daughter who's already in college. Um, Yeah, he's an old guy. Um, But it was a season for me to navigate. Now, I didn't have to navigate it with social media, and I'm not sure to some degree what I would have done uh, if you gave me those options. But I did have some things that were changing at the time, especially technologically, uh, because when I was growing up, you had to pay for long-distance phone calls. And about the time I hit, you know, finishing up college, that kind of thing, got married, um, all that changed like you switched because of cell phones, everything started going voice over IP. And then all of a sudden it was like, you can call anybody you want anywhere. And that kind of changed some relationships because it was like, I can talk to whoever I want to talk to. And, but the question that you're asking and, and the nature of what you're wrestling with is always just a navigating point. So there there's parts where people have this sense of our lives like it's some kind of straight path. It's just a walk through the woods, and it's got 14 steps, and I get to the next thing. Uh, I don't think that's a good way to think about your life. I think your life, to be honest, is a lot more like sailing in a boat. It's a boat that goes across the water. Now, here's the tricky part about a boat. A boat that sails from New York, okay, if it's going to London, and it's off one degree, winds up in Africa. Like, that's, you're like, one, one degree's not a lot. I, yeah, I know. But the thing that if you've ever been with anybody on a ship or a long space is that you realize that they're constantly trying to find the things that are important to them, trying to find the the stars and things that they align to the sun on the horizon. And they they keep tacking the boat back toward the space they know they're supposed to be going. It doesn't mean there aren't moments when things start to pull you away. It doesn't mean there aren't storms that come through your life that don't pull you way off course and you've got to course correct and go back again. But it does mean that. You recognize that I am heading toward a particular destination, but the journey there might look a little more zigzaggy than I'm expecting it to. And that's tension, is trying to find the balance between one side and the other so that ultimately I can get where I need to go. <sighs> My challenge in some of this, in coming up with, with what do I you know, suggest, because part of it's, I mean, let's be honest, you're looking for... Um, comfort in community you're looking for people who can actually be there for you and encourage you and so there's moments where the easy thing to say is we'll just stay in contact with them just don't worry about the new people just go go actually just be online with them you can FaceTime Um, you can you can get on with them and and have video chats or whatever you want to do but the problem is gonna run into the same problem we were just talking about earlier is yeah but how am I being present in this moment with the people that I'm about to go see, because you're gonna move back. You say you're moving back to Birmingham? So you're gonna go back. And I'm sure there's probably people that you know there, that you'll probably (laughs) re-engage, but there'll probably be new friends. And if you spend all your time online connecting to all the people you met in Chicago, you won't have time for those new people. And here's Mm -hmm. why. So there's this concept uh, put out by a British anthropologist. His name is Robin Dunbar. Robin. Robin, hello Robin. (laughs) Um, Robin Dunbar uh, has this concept that's, that are referred to as Dunbar's numbers. And in it, what Dunbar was trying to say was that there is a total, there's a max number of people that we can be in relationship with in different, uh, in growing circles of relationship. So according to Dunbar, um, and if you want, you can look this up online. It's super easy. Just look up Dunbar's numbers and you'll find them. But, uh, Dunbar said that you could have five Roughly uh, three to five uh, best or intimate friendships. That's it. And let's be honest, that's just straight math. I want to hang out with my best friends. It's going to take time. I don't have time to do that with 30 people. There's just not enough time in the day to have 30 best friends. It's just not a thing. Uh, He said that you could have 15 good friends, uh, people that you might spend your Saturday evening with, but you're not going to see them every day or talk to them every other day kind of thing. Um, you can have 50 friends, um, 50 friends is basically, uh, about the size of group that he says that the traditional hunter gatherer group was to go out and do things okay. like, Hey, we need a group of people, a little tribe. Hey, this is my friends mm-hmm. and not friends that we talk about on social media because that's mm-hmm. more people just following you, yeah. not friends. Uh, and then the max number is about 150 people that you could say, uh, that you can at least maintain some level of meaningful relationship. I know about you and I know about your kids. But you don't see them maybe, hey, I see you once and every once in a while. That's that's all it is. 150. And I just want you to think this through. That's 150 total. You can't maintain 1,000 friendships. It's just a time problem. It's not a, and some of you are saying, well, I could update 1,000 people. I understand you could update them, but that doesn't make them your friends. So, based on the amount of time that you have as an individual, you have to ask yourself some really hard questions, which is, I could make these five best friends of mine, your five best friends, Eric, that you're talking about, cool, they're all over the planet, you could make time for them, but in doing so, you won't be able to make time for the people in Birmingham.
0: Yep, and that's what I did here, and I didn't make time for people here in my last year here. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know what kind of relationships... I miss because of that. And I do enjoy talking to them still. and But they have now shifted from those best friends where we hung out and talked every yeah. day to good friends. And they really may talk. shift even further far, farther out as mm-hmm. time goes on. Because when I move back home, or back to Alabama in Birmingham, there'll be, like you said, new people I meet. You will know,
1: take up my time. and 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 what I want you to hear is that to have... Uh, and, and you've heard me before I do not like technology metaphors so I, I want you to think of this like planting trees in the woods you only have so much ground that you can plant in your soul there are people that God brings into your life for a period of time and then they get taken out of your life that's fine you have to acknowledge and and both celebrate like cats talking about those moments those memories that are yeah. so good and grieve in moments when you wish it could be different and you wish you could have had more of those mm. Which is why I'm telling you be present Mm. because the being present part makes the memories more substantial. Yeah. And the not being present part actually makes it a lot easier to not actually have roots with people. Mm. And then I don't really enjoy them or grieve them when they're gone. Mm. We say, but I I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be sad. Listen, sad just means you love something. Mm -hmm. If you loved it, you should you, you can be sad that it's gone.
0: I think I've, I did a good job of accomplishing that this year, where I'm not super sad to leave because I didn't make any meaningful friendships this last year. And so there's nobody that I feel like it's gonna hurt to say goodbye to. And that may be wrong. Like, I may be wrong in saying that because on graduation day, there may be people that I didn't realize I'm gonna miss. Yeah. But as of right now, like I'm excited to graduate and to leave and while some people can be excited and sad at the same time yeah. I'm just excited I don't I'm not going to grieve I'm not grieving right now I may after <laughs> right, right. But, but that goes back to me not making meaningful friendships mm-hmm. new meaningful friendships this year
1: and, and I think that the, the key especially and, and it's one thing when you're trying to figure out how to transition in the middle of a year mm-hmm. you had this transition in this year and, and that's got to be some choices about priorities and what you're trying to do but especially even as Kat's talking about, like, you're about to move into a whole new phases of your life. Yeah. And at that point, it can't be. I And this is I just need you both all to hear this. Um, you can't go back. It just I'm going to say that again. You can't go back. So what do I mean? Someone looked at me the other day and they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, you're closer to 40 than you are to 60. And I said, no, I'm not. And they're like, well, you're only, you know, six, seven years over 40. And I'm like, but you're missing the point. I can't get back to 40. I can get ahead to 60. The the possibility of going back in time is not possible. I move forward in time. That's how humans work. So I'm closer to that, even though you're like, but that's more years. You're not thinking clearly because I can't go back. I can only go forward. And as I go forward, that doesn't mean that I can't carry some of those memories with me and and components, but thinking through how do I maintain those relationships? Now, am I saying that everybody, the moment you two move away, just write off everybody (laughs) in Chicago. I'm not saying that at all. I have relationships and I regularly engage with people that I was in college with. A couple of them, we talk, but but I would put them in the friend category. Mm -hmm. I talk to them once or twice a year. We check up on their kids. If they come in town, we have dinner or whatever, and it's great. But they're not my tight friends. Like, oh, man, I just call them and tell them everything that's going on.
0: Like, what I've found out since, like, as I've gotten older, is like, I've had a best friend since I was five, and we still talk and are in touch. But our friendship looks different now than it did in high school mm-hmm. where we hung out every day yeah. and went to see each other, went, and went camping every weekend. But any time I go back home and talk to him, it's like I never left. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's helpful to find those people in each stage of your life because I have friends after high school that are like that. Mm-hmm. And then I have friends from here that are like that. Well, I had friends. They left. Yeah. But so identifying those people and investing in those relationships mm-hmm. while you're present, like mm-hmm. while they're present, mm-hmm. not, while, not when they're gone. Because when they're gone, it's, late to invest in those friendships like that.
1: But a bunch of my friends actually came after college that I've been friends with for longer and if Dunbar's numbers apply, then I have to have made space in me for them. So if I get too hung up on, hey you're right, I got a friend I've known for we were talking about the other day, I've known him almost 30 years and I met him when he was in middle school and I was in college and so we've known each other a really long time. But I only have one or two of those kind of people that have kind of gone through the different stages of my life. But I've had really important people in various stages of my life that came and went, and they were there for 10 or 15 years, and we were good friends, and then it was, I'm yeah, moving on to the next stage. This is where I'm going to go. And I had to make space for the new people that I was meeting by not necessarily pushing the old people out, but just realizing that they went from being best friends to being close friends to being just my friends being some people I have meaningful relationships with, but not necessarily. They're going to move in and out of your life and in different spaces based on, and this is the key, and that's why, for me, what Kat's talking about is crucial. It's based on proximity and context. You're going to move back to Birmingham, so you may get to know your friend and hang out with them, and that's good, but that's based on proximity and context. Why? Because I can be in face-to-face, presence, relationship with them. Cat's about to move in a new space that may not have a bunch of people that she knows and she's going to have to get to know some people in that space that she has proximity and presence with. And she may know them for five or seven years and then decide I'm moving to be in the south of France. I don't know where you're going to go <laughs> next, but but be in proximity, be present in that moment so that you can be present in the next one as well right. and allow those people to move in and out of the depth of friendship and relationship uh, because that's how this works. I get what I'm investing into. But the danger that comes is when I uh, hold on to my past hmm. and won't let those relationships evolve, I actually end up usually stunting their growth. Hmm. Because remember when we were five and we were doing this, that's that's fun and fine. Remember back in middle school when, oh, yeah, that's cool. But if I stay in middle school, am, am I really growing as a person Especially if, at times, I've gone back to Virginia, and some of those people are like, I remember when you were in high school. They don't know me since then. Yeah. There's 20 years of growth as a person that you have no idea what to do with. So what do you do? You just revert to telling stories about things when I was little.
2: Yeah. And then you're not seeing each other as who you really are and have become. and. And I can testify that all of the people that I've gotten to know and the people that I've known in the last few years have made me who I am yeah, to, as well. To not see that. Is, you
1: know, but, but to see that as progress. Yeah, exactly. That if you met me again in 20 years, I'd hope you wouldn't look at yeah. me and go, yeah, they're the same person. Right. We all have this, just be who you are. And it's kind of like who I am keeps changing. Yeah. Hopefully I'm continuing to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a person. I'm not, oh, yeah, you're the same person you were. If I'm the same person I was when I was 15, we have problems.
2: Right. Like in health you keep growing (laughs)
1: hopefully hopefully (laughs) but but i guess the then the questions for me are then how do you navigate the transition yeah how do you get from here to there because you're saying okay let's say i'm two three years out and i live wherever i'm gonna live in two to three years and i've got a solid community how do i get from here to there um so let me give you some suggestions i guess i would say number one um it's okay to stay connected to some people that you've known from your recent past. You've got some friends. You're, Eric's talking about people, that those five people that they're connected to. Keep talking to them. When you move back to Birmingham, keep talking to them because there's moments they'll provide you emotional support and a laughter and pull you out and ask you questions that other people won't ask you. Yeah. Same thing with some of the girls on your floor. You might say, hey, these young ladies, they're people that I want to stay connected with that will ask me good questions. And some of those relationships will stay in the, the close friend or maybe even in the good friend kind of space. And some of those will just fade out into be just friends. And hey, that's cool. I'm good with that. And just kind of allowing that to take its natural equilibrium. But you don't have to chop it off tomorrow. And 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 to be clear, mediated community, the kind of community that you're talking about online, uh, has that capacity to help you navigate this space with people that actually do care about you. Um, However, I would just I'd like to Uh, mitigate to some degree to to solve the problem of some of the things you're talking about so if I can make some suggestions Um, one I would stay away from spaces where I can't be or where I'm less present uh, and move towards spaces where I'm more present so let me give you a few examples Mm -hmm. when I post to a social media platform like Instagram and I post a picture of what I did uh, there's distance Uh, how do I get you back closer to me How do I make sure? Hey, I posted this thing that I did. Um, I'm not a huge fan, although I know there's people that love it. So I'm not going to knock. I'm not a huge fan of something like Marco Polo. You can send videos back and forth, but it's literally still allowing me to talk without you to respond. It's kind of like we're just sending messages back. and forth. If it works for you, that's fine. I get it. And I know there's people who are on the other side of the world. So the chance to talk to that person is not high. But if I could just encourage a couple of spaces, one, If you all have a favorite thing you're all loving to engage in, then uh, can you just think about getting on Discord? Because on Discord, you can do a live group chat where you're all literally just sitting and talking together. Uh, You can multi uh, do both FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, those kind of things, where you can actually still, um, during the pandemic, I was some friends of mine and I were struggling with, hey, how do we stay in community because we can't be together? And we actually just sat down and had a Sunday night. Everybody just sit and talk and tell what's going on the week. Uh, It was about two hours long. uh, And and what made it one of my best experiences during the pandemic was it was probably 45 minutes to an hour of trash talking to each other about really. That's what we're okay. You're going with that. okay? Oh, and you think that. Wow, that's and then it was an hour of just encouraging each other. But we were doing it uh, synchronous. How can you get as synchronous as possible by synchronous I mean uh, you're in the same time because being in the same time with each other even if you can't be physically present does something really powerful Mm -hmm. so I FaceTime my kids more than I call them just because well first of all they don't pick up the phone but (laughs) second of all like at least if I video I can see their face I can see what they're doing contextually and go oh you're outside you're running you're doing whatever Mm -hmm. so one move as, as much as you can to synchronous components And two, uh, if there are ways to get a group of people together, then do that as much as you can away from text. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And you're like, well, but we text each other, right? You're losing a lot in that and you don't even know. Um, Second is, uh, where are the spaces that I'm trying to get into to build community? And I'm going to be super intentional about those. Mm -hmm. So you can say things like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet some new people. Okay, that's a great sentiment. Where? Uh, and because realistically, you know, you say, well, I'm uh, I'm in, I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, right. OK. You're going to go to the gym and you're going to meet a bunch of people. And this is how you're going to build community. I'm not sure this is going to work. Maybe if you're an extrovert, you can do this. I got a few friends who could, but not me. And, and Eric's shaking his head. No, not a chance. Eric's like, I'm not even going to the gym day. Well,
0: <laughs> you're not wrong. I just find it hard to. Meet new people in, or introduce my like. You just walk up to somebody you've never spoken to before and introduce yourself Mm -hmm. while they are pouring with sweat (laughs) and lifting,
1: pumping iron. Right, right. So So, uh, I I get this question because it's like, uh, we've never had to do this. How do we do it? Let me give you two things that you can do. Very, very simple. Number one, um, if you are Christian, some of this gets easier if you just pick a church. You're like saying, okay, well, what do I do? Pick a church, go to church and say, hey, the people here at church have the same faith as me. So we can at least start a conversation about Jesus Mm -hmm. and then see where it goes Number two, Some of you are like, well, I kind of need some different friends. I don't want to just meet all these Christians in this community. That might not be the right move for me. I want to meet some of them, hopefully, but I don't know. Um, What else do you love? What are you into? What's your community? why uh so i go to and i'm gonna just totally stereotype eric because he probably is but i go back to birmingham alabama how many people go hunting a lot is there a hunting club do you like hunting I do. then let's go talk about hunting why because i actually can get into relationships easier with people i have affinity toward about some particular thing some of you're like i don't want to go hunting cool you want to be in a book club like building model airplanes. I mean, there's groups for everything, so I can use the internet to find the communities, sure, right. but then go meet them. Yep, yep. So, uh, you want to do community gardening? Great, that's your thing. Not my thing. I'm not good. I'm trying to t- take care of a right now a bonsai tree that's not doing great in Chicago, but it, we'll see if it makes it. Um, but the point is, what do you have affinity for? Because you're naturally going to talk about it. You already know what to talk about. So, if I say, hey, what are you into? Like, oh, yeah, you, you got this 12 gauge? Is that what you're shooting? Or what are you. Like, the conversation just gets easy. Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow? Really? Compound? Yeah, I I okay. okay. curves hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of always wanted to try shooting a bow on a horseback. Like, just ride a horse and shoot a bow.
0: You'd have to be so good. I know. I know. That'd be accurate. I know. That'd
1: be tough. I'd probably shoot myself or the horse. Oh. It probably would not end well. <laughs> I you just just don't even picture it. Yes, No. But, sorry,
3: Daisy. <laughs>
1: but 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 no matter what it is, what do you have affinity for? I like mm-hmm. musicals. I like whatever, whatever it is. There's people out there that are into that. You can go meet people who have some level of affinity and that starts a conversation for you. Yeah. So if that's a fear, I don't know where I'm going to meet these new people, but you're going to have to make space and time to do that intentionally mm-hmm. and go, oh, this group meets every I meet at the Hunt Club on Saturday morning. OK, great. The book club meets at the library every Thursday night. Cool. Go meet some people. Yeah. And then if you're like, that was weird and I don't want to do that again. Cool. That's fine. Then try something else. But it's going to require you to step out. Yeah. Because here's what the scripture says. The one who has friends must first show themselves friendly. You have to be friendly before you have friends. (laughs) So everybody's like, I want friends, and then once I have friends, I'll be friendly. And it's saying, that's not how this works. You are friendly first because you've all had that person that walked up and met you for the first time. Wherever those friends of yours, the five that you're talking about that you're really close with, Mm -hmm. or the people that you met the first day you moved in. You're like, why are you here? What are you studying? Oh, we have the same major. Oh, we're interested in the... And all of a sudden, that relationship spun up because it was affinity that built trust. How are you going to find people that you have affinity with? some people that may be your faith and you're going to church for other people that may be some passionate thing you're interested in and you love talking about Mm -hmm. but you're gonna have to be intentional and be friendly Mm -hmm. if you want new friends
2: and be bold and not be be anonymous anymore which is what you can do online right Uh, you gotta gotta be bold but it's worth it
0: I think being friendly really helps like you were saying I did meet a friend here we're not super close but um she told me that when we're in our same brosis and she told me she was scared of me at <laughs> first last semester and then I said why she said well she just listed off a bunch of reasons but I don't I just like to laugh and have fun but I had like no emotions that she ever saw and I never reached out to anybody hmm. about nothing and so that's the only part of me she saw right so and that's why she th- who she thought I was mm-hmm. because we didn't get to know each other mm-hmm. because neither one of us were bold and
1: yeah and, and and I do agree there is gonna take a little bit of courage here to, to step out and meet some new people and but I would remind you that like your friendships that you had in the past prove that you can make friends oh, yeah. so uh, I've been using, uh, by the way, it just anybody who was asking, that's Proverbs 18.24. Uh, it's the one we always quote the second half. There's a friend that's closer than a brother. Yeah. The first half of the verse says, a man who has friends, person who has friends, must first show themselves friend to be friendly. Hmm.
3: Hmm.
1: So, be friendly. Um, but the other thing that I've been, uh, the other thing I would just encourage the two of you in to remember, um, and I've been using this a lot lately, is... We always tell the story of David and Goliath. We say David went and fought Goliath, and he fought Goliath, and and he just went out there and fought Goliath, and he used a, you know sling and stones and not didn't even use armor. But we don't ever really actually take the time to understand the first part of the story, which is David went and said he was willing to fight Goliath because he'd already fought a lion and a bear. We just discount the lion and the bear thing because they're not like a giant, but a lion and a bear will both kill you and they don't really care that means to me and the thing that I keep reminding a bunch of you is your past experiences are proving to you that you have the capacity to be bold, to mm-hmm. be friendly right. to step into those spaces with intention and develop new relationships and not simply rely on the ones from the past you have already done it you beat the lion, you beat the bear the things that you were afraid of, the things that you didn't know how to do, skills that you didn't know you had, you have them now now it's to just go use them again in a new space to make space inside your soul for new people that god himself will bring to you to help you become the kind of person that he wants you to be and trust that is bringing people into your life to shape and mold you into the image of his son he has plans it's not an accident that you meet some of the people you meet make sense All right, so if you're wrestling with this and you have some questions or you're struggling with the same thing, you're trying to navigate this, you can just hunt Cat down and she'll (laughs) become your new friend, I guess. Uh, And Eric will join the Hunt Club and wait, no, never mind. All right, but if you do have questions, you can send it to profpetit at gmail.com and I will uh, get back to you if you have questions that we can ask on the air and we will actually follow up on. We'd love to hear those, but I am encouraging you. I'm not trying to tell you to move away from online community but I am encouraging you be present with the people around you just like we were this afternoon. Have a great one.